0: Hello, and thank you for listening. I go by the name of R.W., and this is Movie Podcast. I hope the change in audio doesn't affect things. I'm currently recording in the bathroom. There's no, uh... My pants are on. I'm just gonna, like... I don't wanna make it weird. I know there's gonna, probably gonna be an echo, but I just, uh... didn't feel comfortable recording outside and I didn't want to turn off the AC and uh, things like that so today I'm going to talk about states of altered consciousness for us people, organic beings And then I'm going to speak briefly about uh, artificial intelligence. The psychologist today would probably call a state of altered consciousness as meaning what a psychologist of an earlier ilk might have called the visionary experience. And the shortcut method to achieve a feeling of this altered state is obviously the consumption of psychedelics, that being a delicacy with psychoactive chemicals or chemicals that create a reaction in your brain that triggers psychoactive things but uh, but I don't want to I don't necessarily want to promote or condone using drugs. I, and I only say this because I know that you can have an experience like this without using drugs. And I don't think that should come as a shock to anyone. The experience can be brought on by prayer Meditation. Acts of providence. Acts of love. A near-death experience. Witnessing the birth of a child. Maybe witnessing a UFO. But. I guess what I'm trying to say is. Our brains are extremely powerful. And they can produce within our field of experience and our sense perceptions. Extraordinary visions. Feelings. Speaking for myself personally, the two most uh, potent uh, trips I guess I've had just strictly off of meditative practice not trying to not not taking acid or mushrooms or something like that the two most potent experiences i've had have come through that they've came about from i guess being close to nature the first was uh, when i stared at a house cat for about 20 minutes this wasn't just one time this was several experiences basically I lived next to this uh, biker type. This uh, He's kind of, he's, he's a Harley Davidson biker. And him and his wife, his, his old lady, as it were, they had this cat. And he told me that he purchased the cat from North Africa. I assume he had it, uh, he bought it from some kind of, uh, pet shipper. Not sure. And I can't figure out what kind of cat this is. I've been Googling the cats, but I can't. It, it's, it definitely looked up, you know, it was an exotic cat. And, you know, we, I lived next door to the guy, so occasionally the cat would, uh, sneak into my backyard and it liked to hide in this little uh, bush next to a bunch of uh, cinder blocks and old bike parts and whenever I'd see him back there in his little stoop I would, I would always take some time to concentrate on it and the cat would concentrate back at me and we would block eyes and on about two occasions I stared at this cat for what felt like a very long time, at least 20 minutes, and yeah, the cat never broke concentration, and it was, the feelings that I had were genuinely psychoactive, so there was that, and then the other experience was and this was years ago, and this one was, so this is about three years ago, and this one, this was just one time, and this was strange, but I just finished college and moved back to Kansas City, and I was sitting out in my backyard and just um, kind of breathing, and it was this evening time. The sun was hadn't yet gone down, but it was about to, and I was about to go on a date with uh, Charmaine, and this would have been like our second date so I was just breathing and I was watching this tree and and then an owl flew into the tree and came into my vision and and I watched it I looked at it and I tried very hard to focus on its eyes and you know, I don't. I know birds perceive things very differently than us, but it felt like this owl was matching my gaze. And so I stared at the owl for probably about a half hour as the sun went down. And my vision of the tree and the world around it, it became very warped and van gogh-esque and this is mostly from the darkness setting in but i never lost sight of the glow of this owl's eyes and eventually it flew away and i talk about these stories not to not to sound mystic i don't claim to know anything new from these experiences my thoughts were fairly empty while I was watching these animals and I'm certain that if I went to a zoo and tried to lock eyes with another cat or owl again I probably wouldn't feel that much different but these two memories stick out in my head because they happened during Times of change in my life. Lately I've been more concerned with insects. There's a invasive species of mayfly on the east coast that grows very rapidly and very turns from being a very small little fucking piece of shit into a very aggressive moth. And... Uh, yeah, at least three of these motherfuckers have uh, flinged their fucking gross six legs at my friend. Are they a bioweapon? Yeah. Okay, so... I've been kind of playing around with some, uh, some real basic AI editing software. Uh, the AI photo editor on the Canva app, or as it calls it, the magic... The magic edit I mean I'm pretty I'm fairly unsettled by it mostly just because you know this is a very simple tool and yet the effects are the effects that it can you can put onto a photograph with it are crazy powerful in place of a search engine I've been using the the uh, the Bing chat which is their uh, AI search engine. I don't think this is, I'm sure this is pretty a basic assumption, but I mean, these simple AI modalities that you can get for free and probably even the ones that you can pay a little bit more money for like ChatGPT, I think that these are, these are, this is exoteric software. Like this is just what the public sees. There's no way that, and if we have this, I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna know what the most powerful AI models can accomplish. But that's just my observations as a dumb honky who doesn't, uh, never had the best uh, grip on technology. This AI shit is a form that is making a huge impact. Something I did notice from interacting with uh, the chatbot was it can give opinions. It can form opinions about the human that it interacts with. But when I prompt it to pretend, to pretend to have feelings, to pretend to think for itself, to pretend that it has a body, the software the website simply won't let me engage with it. It won't accept that question. And there's other questions I asked it that it wouldn't uh, it, it wouldn't input either. In a similar circumstance, using the Canva image editor, uh, whenever I would edit a photo of a person and then input a reptilian or lizard people, Uh, it would also deny that uh, that request and maybe that's just for uh well no it's just it's censorship like and that's what I mean when I say that these programs are exoteric this is uh for myself at least in my in my personal use of this stuff I am uh, woke tip of the iceberg. But I'm getting too ahead of myself, after all, this isn't a, uh, I don't intend to uh, theorize about conspiracies. I wanna stay as fundamental as I can and simply observe the effects of this technology. And we'll see that as we come along. And I know I'm not helping my case about the uh, avoiding conspiracy by the fact that I'm paranoid and recording this in my bathroom, but that's neither here nor there. And you know I have been watching some movies. I watched. Uh, what did I watch? Went out. I took a took the lady out uh, on a date. To see, theater camp it was. Appropriately camp It reminded me of when I was a little jit going to band camp. Every summer, I would spend the week at a little college campus and learn a little bit about music, interact with some kids. Uh, what did I learn? What did I learn through all that? I um, you know it's funny. Okay, I'll tell. I'll talk. I'll talk about this. The first I was. The first time I ever went to one of those camps, I uh, uh, I was fourteen and I was a little anxious, squirt. And uh, there's a lot of kids that did this camp. It was very densely packed. They had like us all in this dorm room. Yeah, man. And uh, it was pretty. The nice thing about it was it was uh, they did it pretty loose. So the, like they let the kids just kind of do their own thing. Sure. A lot of people were having sex and whatnot. And I had this big dorm to myself because I had a roommate, but he uh, like he like ran away. He fucking ran away from home. At least that was a story that the the fucking supervisors told me. They're like, "Oh shit, yeah, your roommate like he pretty much showed up and then used coming to camp as a uh, <laughs> as a sort of head start." to get away so yeah theater camp saw it at a regal cinema uh, yeah pretty nice door guy got real pissed and we uh, I tried to walk through this uh one door to go to the bathroom so it was interesting but you know it's a uh, Pretty standard fare for the modern chain movie theater. Surround sound, big screen, leather reclining chairs. I always enjoy the chance to see a movie in theaters. And then I also watched Videodrome. And I enjoyed this movie quite a bit too. I might watch it again, do a full on review. Ladies and gentlemen, Terrence McKenna. I, you know.
1: young, I used to uh, I was I wanted the DMT flash to last longer, so I used to smoke it uh, at the height of LSD trips and one uh, Christmas vacation this rooming house that I managed in Berkeley had been, everybody had gone home for Christmas, I thought and so I decided I would take some LSD and smoke DMT and um and so i took the lsd and then i smoked the dmt it was just nuts i mean it's nuts enough but this was like turbocharged nuts it went on and on and on and finally i uh, there was a woman and i was in the elf space and they were screeching and chattering and showing me all this stuff and when she did this I, like, I I flew off the bed, I jumped, like, I two feet in the air and and landed on my feet and it was, it was as though, and don't try this at home, folks, it it, it was as though the, uh, this sudden flash of adrenaline and this sudden movement that I made broke up the ordinary division between the trip and normal normality or something anyway i pulled the trip with me into the room i was now standing in the room eyes open but the the elf creatures had come with me and everything had just been like jacked up to some immense level of intensity and there were these rotating geometric things in the room uh hanging in the air and it was like moving in this jerky motion this thing was going click 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 and it was faceted and every time it would make this large metallic click these plastic triangle shaped brightly colored chips or something like little pieces of of floor tile or something would fly across the room and each one of them had a letter on it in an alien language sort of like Hebrew or Sanskrit and it was just There were several of these machines, and these things were ricocheting off the walls. And I had an elf hanging off each hand, and I was turning her, and I was just saying, "Holy shit!" You know, I pull, I'm, 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 and I, and then she's still beating on the door, you know. So I stagger over to the door, fling it back and look at her and say something like "Way, Duquam you and then she realized at that point what my problem was and uh, and retreated. But I've I've never forgotten it's the one time that it, that they went literary on me, and not only did I see them, not only did I hear them, but I, they were printing on the air the message as well.